This is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Our Way. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. Hello everyone and welcome to episode one, season two of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. That's going to get confusing. That that is, can we just good. stick with episode 52? Yeah, that's where we'll stick with that. Episode 52 of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven, here as always with Mark Mack. Yeah, I'm here as well. And I'm just going to warn you now that I am plastered for this uh, podcast. Plastered, are you? Yeah. Plastered. Yeah. Yeah, I have actually got a plaster cast on my arm because I've got a broken arm. Ah... Uh... I know, I'm you've been you've been milking the sympathy for weeks with this dodgy bath that you're just using to claim incapacity benefit or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish. Uh, so I'm going to milk the sympathy now with me arm. I went out last night and we ended up in a yogurt factory. I got absolutely mullered. That, that's an old one, aren't it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were being serious for a minute. Then. I usually do the jokes, and yeah. you do usually tend to go on crazy nights out to places <laughs> like yogurt factories. So. Yeah. As we said a few weeks ago, you can always tell when I've been on a night out because uh, in, the, in the wee hours, <laughs> there's uh, generally a post about a certain legend, number nine of ours, uh, having uh, a, a winged uh, pet of some Yeah, kind. I generally tend to get up on a Sunday morning, have a look at our Facebook page, and at half three in the morning in the previous early hours, somebody's wrote... Duncan had a pigeon. Usually a pigeon. No, it's Duncan had a pigeon. And I know that you've been out on the aisle getting wrecked. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Yeah, so as we said first off, uh, this is our new season. It's our first episode. We're declaring this the first episode of the 2014-15 season. Uh, So last season's done with. Now we're looking ahead to what's, what's coming up. Uh, and a bit like Everton Football Club, we're unveiling a new badge this week as well, aren't we? Both on the Facebook page and also a new little icon for our podcast as well. Yeah, and we are made up with them. I am, because I made them anyway and it took me ages to do. Um, and I think they look quite slick. And I've noticed, it's quite boring this, but you know, I've noticed in the podcast listings, if you have a better piece of art, and I'm not saying our badge last year wasn't good, but if you, had a, if you have a more podcast-looking work of art it puts you higher up in the search bar that's mad isn't it crazy anyway anyway um, yes so we've got games again to talk about so we're going to start today by looking back at the uh, Leicester friendly for what was it King's Super Cup it was something crazy like that yeah it was basically a you know media event out in Thailand wasn't it in Bangkok yeah, so I noticed. Um, I didn't know it was it was a Leicester hosted thing, not even though it was in Thailand because the King Super uh, are a duty free specialist. Um, so you have been researching this, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, I thought this. So it, this was Leicester's friendly, basically, rather than an Everton yeah, organised so Chang type deal. Leicester with the home team, right? Okay, I wondered. So that explains why we wore our black away kit. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about that kit a little bit later on just before we go on to the match um, it was amusing some of the pictures that came out wasn't it before the game of, of the different media events that the, the two teams had to do and there was one in particular where 
there was like quite a large press conference with the managers of the two teams and a number of the players and uh, Tony Hibbert looked like he didn't have a clue what was going on. I think he was still thinking about fishing or something, wasn't he? Could have been fishing in a Thai lake or something and then, um, yeah, he just looked like he was a lost little boy in the, in the press conference. You've got to love our Tony though, it's things like that that make him that little bit special, isn't it? Yeah, special, special, very special. Um, but the game itself, uh, again, pre-season fair, as you you know, not much you can uh, take from it result-wise. I mean, uh, the game, the game. It was a strange one. I seen we started off our usual four-four-two formation. Uh, Hibbo at right back, wasn't it? I can't even remember. The yeah, game. Hibbo was right back. I think it was Distan and Duffy started the centre half and Garbit at left back. Yeah, Joel so- in goal again. Joel in goal again, yeah. Um, hmm. Joel uh, in goal leaves a hole. He's got no soul. I just made that up on the spot. It was good, that wasn't it? No, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nate Smith up front on his own. Uh, and just, uh, we do a little bit of game coverage. Um, Nate Smith, I put out on our Facebook, and again, I'm sorry for repeating myself, but this is the overlying like, like, thought that I had over it. When he was up front on his own, it looked like he was still playing off someone. Like he, do you know what I mean? He was making those runs like he was off someone. Yeah, coming too deep, basically, and not Come, leaving yeah. an out-and-out centre-forward. Exactly. So when the balls were playing up there, he wasn't really there. He was like he was like lingering for the knockdown, but he should have been up there for the knockdown, if you get me. It was just that there was a strange... I'm not saying that he had a bad game. I'm just saying that we didn't really play to that kind of, you know, one-striker system. Um, so... It's clearly highlighting our lack of striker at the moment, isn't it? That, that's, that's the main thing I've taken out of the game so far. I mean, you know, obviously both games at the minute have been a mismatch of players, haven't they? You know, the youth have been getting a game, there's been a lot of substitutions, a lot of change. But the one thing that stood out glaringly obvious is that we need a striker, which is, you know, obvious because I think everybody's been all over the internet shouting that out over the last couple of weeks. Well, I think it's uh, number one on the hit list, isn't it? Anyway, that's something that's been confirmed, and we'll talk all about what you know the general talk a little bit later on in our social media section. Um, but you know, the, the, going back to the game, p- players who stood out. I mean, I suppose Garbage stood out again. I suppose Gibbo uh, stood out again. You know, getting another uh, good run out. I think he got a full 90 minutes this time round, so... Well, these are the plus points of these games, aren't they? I mean, you know, Luke Garbutt's not really had much first-team experience for Everton. He, he's getting games, obviously, while Baines, he's still having a little bit of rest after the World Cup. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, the likes of Gibbo, who's been missing for so long, uh, he's getting valuable playing time under his belt. Yeah. Um, I thought I was a little bit harsh. You know, I've, I've, put, I've, I've put on my, my notes here... Uh, Chris Long and Hallam Hope. Chris Long, um, I thought he had a better game this time round than he did against Tranmere, and he looks like he's he got must a... have. Chris managed to get his name right this time. <laughs> yeah, and he's not Matty Long; he's Chris Long. Uh, he's got a good bit of pace and a good bit of skill, quick feet. Um, so you know, I take back my words. Uh, you know, I, I, I won't write him off before he's <laughs> before he's even started. I think he, you know, he, he's got a good bit about him. Um, Saying about Gibbo getting a good game there, I suppose we just best, you know, jump to the goal. The goal, uh, Gibbo gave the ball away initially for the, for the goal, and then uh, so it was played through, 
uh, and out comes uh, rushing out uh, roll, uh, roll, uh, Rob. <laughs> I was going to call him Roll. Roll. <laughs> yeah, just uh, rolling goal. You got no soul. Yeah, his name is Joel. We should have played the mole. Yeah, it gets better. See, just call me, you know, Roll Fallis. No, don't call me Roll Fallis. No, don't call me that. Uh, Joel comes running out and leaves himself in no man's land, as they say, R- running around like a headless chicken, trying to just block any kind of pass instead of just getting back into his goal when when the defenders were trying to cover. Because it was a wide angle, there was no way he was going to chip it in from there. He made himself look like a right tit and. You know, we 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 do criticise players now and again. It's not something we like to do. We don't. We're not one of these, you know, pages or podcasts that try. You know, completely slate everyone and say, "Oh, sack him or do whatever." But it's difficult to kind of defend players when they don't help themselves in it. The problem you've got though is when being a goalkeeper, you know. It- Every mistake gets highlighted so much, and the, the lad's clearly, you know, a little bit short of confidence. Uh, he's bound to be aware, you know, that he's under criticism at the moment, and I'm sure he, he's seen some of the stuff on Facebook and Twitter. I'm sure he gets the height of abuse from Evertonians giving him stick. So, uh, you know, the lads, are, the lads, very young for the goalie. People seem to forget this. You know, you don't reach. Look at Tim Howard's probably peaking now in his thirties. Um, so. You know, I just think the lad needs time. I think there is a good goalie in there, but he just needs, uh, you know, a bit of encouragement. I, I think the best thing that could probably happen to him is if we loan him out for the season, get him some first team football, get his confidence up a little bit, because uh, I do think he has got potential. I think the problem is this this new generation of goalkeepers coming through. There's something. Like inherently wrong there, isn't it? Because they all seem to punch, and they all seem to be more able on the deck. Do you know what I mean? As footballers, it certainly doesn't didn't do Manuel Neuer any like a disservice, does it? No, no, it it, it hasn't uh, at all. And you know, he's you know he's shown that he's he's more than adept in you know in that sweeping kind of role, and he's, he's good. Distribution. I think Joel's got good distribution. What I'm trying to say is, um, maybe that's to keepers who aren't as good as Nuya. Um, it's to the detriment of their actual handling ability. They can't just catch a ball. Maybe they should drill. You know, like apparently, you know, I I actually used to do years ago. Um, used to. Uh, say that you know the players couldn't touch the ball with the stronger foot for like you know a year or whatever to get them fully two-footed I don't think he, I don't think it was a year but you know that kind of system you need to work on you know what the weaknesses and and, and the strengths at a, at a very young age and Joel should have been he should be doing catching drills all the time because that's his weakness do, do you know what I do obviously I know we've got a goalkeeping coach in it and he He's a Spaniard, you know, similar to Joel, but I, I'd just go out and give Neville Southall a job, bring Neville Southall in, stick him with Joel three days a week, uh, and teach him the old way of goalkeeping as well, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it does, it makes perfect sense, you need to, um, I mean, it's we're kind of cutting out a, a bit of our, our general talk se- se- uh, section later on here, Um so maybe we should come back to that in, in a bit because we, we, there's undoubtedly a lot of people who want to address that. 
Right, okay. Um, but it was Joel's mistake from a poor pass by Gibbo who gave the ball away initially, which led to uh, Gary Taylor-Fletcher, uh, of all players, Scouser, who looks like somebody uh, put, put on Twitter, Darren Gibson's dad. Yeah, Darren Gibson's fat dad who drinks 10 pints down in the pub every day. Let's face it, he looks like a Sunday league player, doesn't he? Yeah, and it, it only makes it a little bit more embarrassing that he scored the winner against us. If, you, I mean, you, if know. you turned up to play on a Sunday and you were in central midfield and you saw him as your opposite number, you'd be thinking, I fancy this because he's a bit of a fatty and I'll have the legs on him all day. Well, do you know what? It's funny because uh, you've seen the news this week about Louis van Gaal has uh, told Luke Shaw to go and train on his own because yeah. he doesn't look like a professional footballer. <laughs> Luke Shaw looks more like a professional footballer than anyone I've ever seen. He's, he looks like a stereotypical, um, those, he's got that kind of hair going on with the shaved sides. He looks like an actual professional footballer. I wonder what Van Gaal would say if Taylor Fletcher turned up <laughs> to train him. Taylor Fetcher looks like one of them blokes who are always dead suntanned who sit off in town all day drinking Skull Super. That's what Taylor Fletcher looks like. Yeah, and he scored the winner against us. All right, friendly. Um, you know, and then shortly after they had the little uh, water break and he, he was all made up. Um, so, I mean, what else can we take from the game? I thought it's, it's, it's some, some stage in the game, I think... We went to a weird three-five-two situation where we had uh, Browning as right full uh, right fullback stroke wingback. We had Stones right centre, Duffy uh, Duffy or Distan and Alcaraz was on, and Hibbo was left wingback. It was the weirdest formation. And then he did have one break into the box though, didn't he? They're going to be a little bit excited. Yeah, it got brought back for a free kick, and I've never seen Hibbo. You know, he's always reluctantly kind of edging into the box from the wing. But he seemed to just... I think Osman got brought down um, just as he was about to lay it off. But Hibbo was bombing in, like, just, you know, just outside the, the, the D. I thought, what is he on here? <laughs> well, we all know how deadly he is in friendly games, don't we? So Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, there's not much else you can take from the game if we're talking about stuff like that, is there? No, exactly. Uh, as we say, you know, the plus points, Garby. Um, and obviously getting some players getting some playing time Gibbo Pina um, yeah uh, not much I mean McElhaney and he looked you know, quite you know quick on his feet but no real end product there Hallam Hope looked like he had you know, some good runs um, Lundstrom got a run out as I, said, as I said before Browning got a run out so it'll, it'll do these players a lot of good to be around the first team um, and the players coming back will do them a lot of good. Do you, think it was a, do you think it was a bit strange that they took Barkley with them and yet he never even got on the pitch for five minutes? No, no. I think he. I think it would be irresponsible to throw him in without that kind of. So why, why take session. him over there now? Because he's he's part of the club. Right. Okay. So he's got. I mean, we had to training sessions over there, didn't he? But he hadn't had any training sessions previously. So. Yeah. So I think it's. Um, just getting him back in, 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 in and involved. Yeah, so that's pretty much that. Um, obviously, there's not that long now to the, the new season. Uh, 17 days from oh, yeah. today. We're back to recording on a Wednesday. So. Um, and obviously, the first game of the season is against 
Leicester. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we see a much different result. We uh, will in 17 days' time. I'm sure it'll be a much different Everton side, um, and I'm sure probably Taylor Fletcher will probably be slightly slimmer. Yeah. Um, just talking about that, the whole trip. Uh, from what we've heard, you know, it was a great success. You know, the the, the media over there, they did all the media obligations. Um, Everton seemed to have a good following over there anyway. Uh, so, worthwhile, even though we, you know, one one defeat doesn't mean anything. Probably won a few extra fans, got a few uh, extra quid, I'd imagine. And um, it's always worthwhile, isn't it, trying to build your market, build your brand over there, so... Do you not think, though, that the defeat might make us lose a few fans to, say, Leicester over there? You know, a few... Because, you know, people like to sort of glory hunt a little bit, don't they? Especially if you're following a team from another country. Do you not think some people who, who might have been leaning towards Everton might think, hmm, maybe not? Possibly, because I think um, I think some of the uh, fans there thought it was 3-0 because uh, Leicester had a, few, a couple of offside goals and I don't think they realised... <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, that's the level of fan that we're, we're dealing with, is it? Some of them, yeah. But um, I think the way the, the way the players interact with a lot of locals, uh, I think we we do that really well. You know, they, they, they allow uh, access, they, they go on visits to um, you know to see you know places around there, and they're always welcoming to you know uh, to to the public. So I think. The, the, the results aside, I think they still have, uh, even those who didn't go to the game and who, were, who weren't aware of the game, um, I think they still might be on the Everton bandwagon. Okay. Um, anyway, yes, yeah, so that's our look back at the, the first Leicester game of uh, our 2014-15 campaign. There'll be at least two more. And um, We'll have a look at a few other things in a sec when we come back with the Everton news. Yeah, obviously the next friendly uh, is going to be the the big one, really, as far as friendlies go. And that's Leon Osman's testimonial at Goodison. Uh, and that's coming up uh, this Sunday. So we'll obviously preview that uh, towards the end of the podcast uh, and have a, a review of that game uh, on next week's podcast. <laughs> News! So as you might have guessed, it's news time. It is news time. And you've just put Sky Sports news on next to us because there might be a little bit of breaking news at the moment, which we'll cover in a sec. Um, and now I'm just looking at the girl on Sky Sports. Why Why does Jim White get someone who's uh, so much better looking than you to um, work with? Don't know. Pass. <laughs> um, so... The first major news that we want to talk about. Uh, shall we just head over to the press conference that was called yesterday? Yeah, well, should we talk a little bit about the press conference first? Um, you know, we were sat at home yesterday doing our website, doing our various things, uh, and it popped up that there was going to be a press conference at four o'clock in the afternoon. So, was you was you like me? Was you pressing, hitting refresh uh, at about five to four? Every five seconds. No, I think I came on at about five past four, thinking knowing it'd be Everton and knowing it'd start late, and, and it still hadn't started. But obviously, you know, whenever the press conference gets called, it, it, you know, everybody goes crazy, don't they? And starts to wonder what it was going to be. All the usual shouts were out there that would Sandra Kelmay, 
Um, but, <laughs> yeah, Mikel Mason in a taxi leaving Finch Farm. You know what, what did what did you think it was going to be about when it first broke? I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't really. I didn't really give it that much thought. I, I, you know, I, as you said, I thought it might have been about the Bessage deal. I thought it might have been t- just talking about the Porto game. I saw people saying it would be about the stadium, which are all things you know, you know that have been in in, in the in the mix, so to speak, in the talk over the past few weeks. So I didn't. I just going to wait for it. What amazed me was that some people thought you know we'd actually managed to sign a big player completely off the radar of, of any reporters knowing, sneak them to Finch Farm and then like sneak them into a press conference and we're going to do this like big unveiling. Uh, you know, in this day and age, those things just don't happen, do they? You know, people always know when there's a transfer going through or you're not going to be able to unveil somebody at a club press conference like that. So It's funny that though, isn't it? Because you, you say about that and your player's been... The speculation, I think... Last year was the first year of real, completely over the top speculation, and this year has topped that. You know, I mean, you know, it it's been going on for years where you know a Twitter rumours sparked all kinds of rumours, but I think it's getting worse and worse and worse. And now, you know, one person says, "I oh, would unveil unveiling a, a big sign," and and then you know, like a few weeks ago uh, when we were unveiling the kit, we're waiting to unveil the kit. Um, while we, um, because it's going to be a, a, our brand new sign, isn't it? No way. These photographs that are taken with the kit launches and everything were done weeks ago in weeks a studio. In, advance, yeah. in a studio, um, and they've been edited and everything and put together on a campaign. They couldn't just get a player in and say, "Boom, there's the new kit on a player," because. You know, it's and you know I understand this. People think you're getting excited about it, and you get excited about it too. And you know that's why we that's why we all that's why we do our Everton page. That's why we do podcast. But with this kind of thing, as as a, uh, an answer to your question, I didn't really have an expectation on what it was going to be because we've learned to try and not have expectations with Everton. Well, about sort of you know half an hour before it was due it started to filter down that it could possibly be uh, in relation to, to Ross Barkley. Um, so, um, should we play the, the coverage of the press conference and let uh, Roberto himself explain exactly what it was all about? Well, the good news is that uh, we, uh, Ross Barkley has signed a new, a new contract with the club just to reflect his new role and his development and for us that uh, when you're talking about assembling squads and getting ready for the new season um, for us it's as, as big news as we could get um, we know Ross that is still a young man still a long way to go in his development but as he stands is a massive part of our squad and to be able to to tell our fans that Ross has signed a new contract that reflects the role that he has in the team. He gives a real continuity and a real consistency going into this season, which is vital for every every aspect of assembling the squad. So it's a big, big moment because, as Sophie Evertonian will tell you, Ross Barkley is the type of player that everyone would love to pay uh, a ticket to go and watch him playing football. He, he brings back the memories of the big legends and the big players that we have at the football club. Um, 
saying that he's only a young man and the best years are still to come. So really exciting moment for us. Uh, can you just out outline the, the terms of the, the new deal? Yeah, the terms are four year, a new four year contract. And it just gives a peace of mind in avoiding any sort of a speculation as you always enjoy the typical question about what's going to happen with with players that they perform well. Uh, the reality is that we're desperately uh, looking forward to this season and, and Ross is a major, major part of anything that is going to be involved in Everton Football Club. So it's to give a bit of a, uh, a real enjoyment to our fans and a real excitement of assembling the squad together uh, with the arrival of, of, of Mohamed Besic and obviously the, sign, the permanent signing of Ricardo Barry and, and, and now we're still waiting to, to finalise the squad. This is a big, big moment for us having Ross Barkley signing a new contract. Ross, congratulations. Um, how much does it mean to you? It means everything. Signing a new contract, but it's a dream, obviously playing for Everton all my life. And um, today signing the contract, it's, um, it's a great thing for me. Did you take much convincing? Not really. <laughs> just as soon as I got told about it, I just, I just knew I was about to sign a contract. Yeah. And it comes on the back of, I suppose we could describe it as almost a real regular season for you in terms of, of regular first team football. When you look back at, at last season, you must be very pleased with your, your contribution to the football club. Yeah, yeah, it was a great season last season. And then um, we'd done well, we got into Europe, which was our ambition. And then um, the season's coming throughout the new contract. We want to push on and ho hopefully get into the Champions League. We've got to have ambitions, set goals. And then um, I'm looking forward to next season. What about the future for you personally? Does it, does this help you enormously in your own confidence and belief? Yeah, because I'm, I'm settled in at Everton. This is the club that I love. And um, just, we've got to push on and do well from here now. Yeah. It is home, isn't it, when you've been here so long? Yeah, I see it as my home, yeah. Must be hard to envisage anything else uh, away from Goodison Park. No, I never think about that. Um, new faces. That last little bit there where he says, I, I'd never think about that. That had me going yesterday. I had tears welling up in my eyes. <laughs> How about you? Well, in all honesty, I thought it was a little bit anticlimactic for a press conference. I mean, you know, how often do we sign players on new contracts and, and not throw a press conference for it? You know, like, does that suddenly mean that Ross Barkley is more important than, say, Seamus Coleman? Because we certainly didn't have a press conference for his contract. How often do we have England's next great hope at our club? I th I'm sure when. So, what you're saying is Ross Barkley is more important than Seamus Coleman? Uh, possibly. As a, a, he's, he's what? He's five years younger. He's English. He's, you know, in that position which is like not as easy possibly to replace. I'm not saying he's a completely better player, but I'm saying as far as the fabric of the club is going, you know, is which is the big thing at the moment. I think tying down a young player to a long term deal, I think it is a good statement a great statement from the club and um I think it's it does warrant a, a press conference. But signing a new contract doesn't stop players moving club, does it? No it doesn't. No, it doesn't, but I think um what, what, what are they meant to do? You know, everyone's saying get Barclays tied down to a new deal so that we can't, you know, we, we um, he doesn't sign for a new club. So where's he in a better um, situation for us? On his old crappy deal or on a new bumper deal? It's got to be 
you know, it's got to be in a better situation. You know, it, it might. It doesn't sound to me like he's ever going to have his head turned. We might have thought that about Rooney, but we were in a very different situation as a club when we had Rooney. And I don't think, um, I don't think Ross is the same kind of character, and he hasn't got the same kind of uh, influences and um, people in his ear as Rooney had. Well, no, it, it's, it's obviously good news, and he now joins a, you know, a, a good list of players who've signed new contracts, uh, like we've talked about Coleman already, um, you know, new deal for Bainty not so long ago, so uh, it's all looking a little bit brighter than it has over previous seasons where we've been worried about losing these players. Um, it's a four-year deal. Uh, we don't know any other terms, really, at the moment, do we? We've got no idea of wage, etc., um, but as we say, yeah, you know, at the very least, it's going to make it more difficult for other clubs to come into him and, and, and bump his price up if, if there was any uh, thought to him leaving. Uh, so, yeah, good news from Everton. But again, I still think maybe they didn't do themselves any favours by announcing this, this big press conference that sort of fooled a lot of people into thinking it might be something else. I uh, am the opposite. I think, you know, the words from R- Roberto there, I think it was very... Coy, the way he did, not coy, very savvy the way he did it. It was like, you know, he, he's very aware of all the, the talks, you know, we haven't signed anyone and all that kind of stuff. Um, so he's made this big press conference to say, look, we've signed these two players and we've also got this great young talent signed up to the club on a long term deal. So I think it, it, it comes at a good time and a lot of people have slagged it off. I think the way it actually went ahead though, you know, we, we announced this press conference for four o'clock and we're lingering around waiting until about quarter past four and the news is already breaking on Sky Sports News about what's actually happened. So I think from that point of view, you know, that could have been done a little bit better. But I'm made up, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not disappointed that it's not a new sign and I'm made up that it was Ross Barkley. Um, I just think they, they should have uh, let Roberto do most of the talking there. <laughs> And uh, Ross Barkley was obviously, as you mentioned there, our, the, the second big signing for Everton of the week. Uh, you know, after we earlier in the week confirmed uh, the signing of uh, Mohamed Besic. Yeah, as we said last week, you know, Besic was going to go on a trip to Thailand. Uh, the deal was all but done and dusted. They just had to unveil him um, when he came back. And that's exactly what they did for once. They just did it as they said they were going to do it. Uh, and, you know, we can finally stop speculating about if he's going to join us and now start speculating on where he's going to actually play. Uh, do you think he's got the look of a young Dimitar Berbatov? No. Do you know, he's got very similar hair, I think. He's gone for the, like, sort of Dracula slicked back look, do you know? Uh, I get that. I get what you mean by that, yeah. But um, I think uh, Berbatov has been going, um, has been receding for a long time. At a, from a very young age and I think he's still got a full a set of uh, fully quaffed hair there I know there's a few Evertonians out there who think that the Bessage deal might be a bit of a risk because he's a bit of a nutter and he does have that look of a psychopath about him doesn't he even though he's like young he's quite a slim skinny lad but he's just got that look of, of you know American psycho I don't want to be uh, I don't want to say uh, like be like stereotypical but that thing where, where like you just think He'll be like, I kill you, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'll have that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also... Where he'll be kidnapping Liam Neeson's daughter. <laughs> yeah. Have you noticed um, one of his tattoos as well? Uh, uh, I noticed he's got one of those uh, knuckle duster 
tattoos on his arm. And I just thought, like, is that because he's actually a bit hard or, you know, some of our listeners might not get this, some of them might, or is it just because he's a fan of that, like, American, uh, like, apparel accessories firm, famous stars and straps, you know, they do all stuff with the uh, knuckle dusters and bling stuff and stuff like that and belt buckles. You've lost me, yeah. I think he's just a nutcase. I think he's just a I think if you're getting a knuckle duster tattooed on yourself, then, yeah, you're a nutcase. Um, wonder so, whether he's ever used one. Wonder whether he'll smuggle some in his in his uh, in his in his undies. Uh, oh, that'd be good in a diary, wouldn't it? It would be interesting, yeah. <laughs> uh, a nice knuckle duster to Stevie G's face. Anyway, so that really now leaves us, uh, you know, quite well equipped in such a midfield, doesn't it? We've sort of got four players at the moment competing for for two spaces, you would say. Well, Bessic, who's come in and he's confirmed, he is uh, he, he's. Now our new number 17, and you look at the players we had in the past, obviously Lukaku last season, we had Tim Cahill in that position, we had, uh, we've had Anders Limpar and Andrei Kinchelskis in that, with that number, um, Gareth Farrelly, I believe, had that number. Yeah, <laughs> I, I certainly hope he's more Tim Cahill than Gareth Farrelly anyway. Yeah, um, so I sh- wonder whether, you know, we've got those, you know, we've got, I think we've got three, sorry, four competing for those uh, two uh holding midfield positions but I think that he might have a little bit to offer if anyone in front of them uh, gets injured as well I think possibly this season we might see two partnerships we might have Barry and McCarthy primarily in the league and then we'll have Besic and uh, Gibbo in the the cup games and, and the Europa League yeah, well, I think, you know, he's a young lad. Uh, he's tied up to a, a good deal. I think there was a 50 million release clause put in there, so they've obviously got, like, high hands-off, high hopes for him. Um, there's, I know there's a lot of pundits out there, a lot of, you know, very different journalists around Europe saying Everton have got an absolute steal at 4 million. This lad will be worth 20 million in 12 months. Yeah, well, that's a good that's good news for us. Um, you look at, uh, you know, Barry, who's... You know, signed up for a three-year deal, but is in the twilight of his career. I'm sure nobody would disagree with that. Um, so, Gibbo isn't always as reliable as you would like, uh, fitness-wise. I think that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this young lad, McCarthy's a young lad. I think we're sorted for a good few years there. I've even said that maybe, you know, going on in two, three years' time, if Bessage proves to be a good buy, him, McCarthy and Barkley could form a new Holy Trinity. What, what did you call it? An unholy trinity. The unholy trinity. I like it, yeah. I like it. Um, as you mentioned there, he's took the number 17 shirt, which last season belonged to Romelu Lukaku. For the doom and gloom merchants out there, does this mean that Lukaku's not coming back? No. Definitely not. I think there's a, a there's a, a bright shiny shirt there that was left by uh, Gerard Delafeo going back to uh, Barcelona with a uh, number ten on it because I think Coney's going to keep the number nine shirt because I think it'd be sly to just bump him off it. Or do you, what do you think? I personally, if if would you know, give the number nine to somebody else. But there you go. No, as you no, say, no, so if you've got the shirt, you've got the shirt. But as you say, there's a number ten. Um, now. We've talked about this and we've talked about it every week for weeks and weeks. However, the Romelu Lukaku deal, um, we are now sat here, aren't we, on tender hooks because 
it looks more possible than it ever has done over the summer. And this is breaking as we're recording the podcast, basically. Um, you know, there's things coming through every second. Uh, do you just want to elaborate on this, Johnny? It all started from Romelu's Instagram account about half an hour ago. Well, yeah, he posted a picture, which we've just shared on our Facebook page, which uh, he looked like he was on a plane, but not just like a, like a charter plane. He looked like he was on like a... Um, it looks like a, like, a, like, a, like a jet, a private jet or something, possibly, which I don't think would be Bill's doing. But um, he has written underneath the, with the caption, uh, Time to write a new chapter. Yeah, we actually just had to stop recording then as other things are breaking. Um, Marawan Fellaini just put out on, on what we think is his official Twitter. Uh, we're just trying to confirm that at the moment. Uh, saying uh, congratulations uh, to, to my pal Romelu Lukaku who's just signed a five-year deal with Everton or, or something along those lines. Um, and it, it's now breaking on a number of sites. BBC picked up saying... Lukaku's about to sign for Everton on a five-year deal. Um, so it all looks like it's about to happen, possibly this afternoon. Yeah, I'm, I'm so distracted. I'm trying to catch up on stuff on, with Twitter. I mean, this this is like what we... I mean, it's difficult to do, but trying to record the excitement of this kind of thing that's going on. Um, I mean, I don't know whether it's Fellaini's official account. That's the thing. He's got 17,000 followers on there. But We've been down this road before, haven't we? You know, it's broke before that it was about to happen. You know, we're always hearing rumours. We've been led to believe us and other players before. So, uh, I think at the moment we need to wait and see. We've got Sky Sports News on. There's not an official coming through on there. Uh, there's certainly no pictures of Romelu holding up the new shirt, uh, which is always, you know, the, the defining moment in these things. So, so it looks like... Romelu's on his way, possibly. Um, reports are though somewhere between twenty-seven and thirty million. What do you think about that fee? That could be a deal, you know, a deal worth that much. So you know, if we paid what twenty million, then it could and be a six million contract or something along those lines. Oh, that's quite cheap though. That it, that isn't it. It'd have to be like twenty million and then another fifteen million on top for wages. If you're talking about a long-term deal, we don't know. Um, but so. Oh, just, every time I turn my, I turn, turn my head now, I see uh, Everton on the, on the ticker and it's just about Leon Osman's uh, <laughs> testimonial coming up. So, exciting. Um, and we're trying to we're gonna try and cover this as much as we can before we hit the stop button and um, submit this podcast. So, we, we want to try and get it to you as soon as, like, you know, live. Um, but if we have gone out and spent £30 million on, on Lukaku, that is a massive signal of intent, isn't it? It's a, it's a massive signal of, of how things have changed at the club. Everton buying a player for £30 million. Pounds. Well, is it? Well, it is. It smashes the transfer by like... It's probably double. Double, double yeah. it. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose, you know, but we haven't... You know, it used, we used to be in the kind of, you know, we spend, what, £5 million, then we'd spend, season after, we'd spend, what, £6, £7 million, then we'd spend £8 million, then we finally got up to, like, £15 million, and then we've stopped, and we haven't really made... Like, you know, we got Morales for, what, seven, eight million. We haven't really made a bigger signing than Fellaini for, for, for a number of years, have we? Yeah, but it's still a massive fee. Have Liverpool ever signed a player for £30 million? I don't think they have. 
Is that Andy Carroll for 35 million? Oh, sorry, yeah, I forgot about Andy Carroll. I was <laughs> racking my brains. I was thinking through, thinking, and I was thinking, no, they didn't play that much of Suarez. They didn't play that much of Torres. It would have to be a really good player. That's why Andy Carroll never entered my mind. Well, but there you go. Uh, if it is true, which fingers crossed it is, um, I say massive signal and 10 for the club. Um, if it isn't true, then we still need to be looking for another striker, don't we? Yeah, if uh, fake Fellaini is wrong, then um, apparently Lukaku was uh, better was suspended last week or early this week or the weekend on him signing for Wolfsburg. But last week they were suspended on him joining us. And I believe this week they're suspended on him joining us again. So what do bets mean? Um, but another option, um, which uh, you, you want to talk about really, don't you? Is uh, if the Lukaku deal doesn't go through, somebody who is now available... Well, obviously, somebody who we know is available and we know is available for a good price, and that's 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 Loach Remy. Um, you know, was heavily linked with joining the shite across the park. Uh, got to the point where a medical was had. Um, Liverpool have come out and said he's failed his medical. Harry Redknapp said that's a load of rubbish. Uh, and it looks like the deals fell through because Barini is refusing to leave uh, Liverpool. So. Obviously, Loach Remy is available. He is out there at a good price. Um, and, you know, for eight and a half million, I, you know, I can't see why we wouldn't be interested in him. Yeah, I mean, be another one of those players that the Shai couldn't afford and we get rare occasion. Um, I don't know. I mean, if the Lukaku doesn't go ahead, then, yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, I think it's a, a definite option. And we'd have a few million left over to uh, get another striker in. And... You know, bolster other positions. So, as an alternative, yeah, I'd go with that. Um, also, in the news this week uh, has been uh, Tim Howard. A couple of things. Uh, firstly, um, he's just signed a big deal with NBC Sports. So, he's going to be doing a lot of uh, Premier League coverage, bit of punditry for them. Uh, it looks like he's probably lining up his future career for when he's uh, retired. Yeah, well, we know he did a little bit of that anyway, a little bit of punditry um, for you know for, for a few games, like over the summer and even last season, he did some punditry. So he was already you know getting his finger in pie, so to speak. Sounds um, a bit rude, that does a, does a little bit, yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, I'm I'm glad because you know I, I I'm one of Tim Howard's biggest fans probably at the moment because I'm always uh, it seems like I'm always praising him. I think a full-time career change is a few years down the line now at the moment because obviously Tim has been out this week just to clarify just how much he, uh, he loves the Blues. Yeah. Um, he, he was asked in an interview about uh, leaving Everton and going, going back to America and he said possibly before he signed this new contract uh, it might have been a possibility but now he couldn't be happier here at Everton and if you cut him open he'd bleed blue blood. Bleed blue blood. Bleed blue blood. It's hard to say that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, so, I'm made up. I'm made up. And I think we've got one of the world's best goalkeepers in Everton. He might not make all those flashy saves, diving around all over the show when he doesn't need to. But his positioning is great. Um, again, his distribution might not be the best. But, you know, who? what goalie has the complete package? The one thing you say about, Holiday, about Howard is he's solid, isn't he? Uh, you know, 
A few seasons ago, maybe you were a little bit worried in some sort of in some circumstances with him, but nowadays, to me, I, I have total confidence in him. Yeah, obviously, you know, every goalie makes goalie makes mistakes. He doesn't make that many as costly we, ones, as we mentioned there in the podcast. You know, he's he's just at his peak as a goalkeeper. He's at his goalkeeping peak. Um, another player who bleeds blue blood, uh, Leon Osman. Uh, we're obviously approaching his. Uh, testimonial uh, but the club at the moment seem a little bit worried about the ticket sales for the game yeah I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it's the club or just people kind of in the know uh, talking about this about it I just wonder whether it's because it's not payday for most people till tomorrow <laughs> I think it's just the Everton way isn't it you just buy your tickets last minute or on the day I think a lot of Evertonians will be thinking you know it more than likely won't sell out uh, so we can just get a walk-up ticket on the day or the couple of days before. I've not bought my ticket yet, I know that. Uh, I'm well, planning on getting mine. mine tomorrow. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think it'll be a good turnout, uh, especially uh, if a certain striker signs in the next day or so um, and and obviously gets the excitement going. Yeah, we've still, we still got Sky Sports News on, and now they're covering this new chapter story, showing uh, Lukaku's tweet. Um, and they're covering it by showing a clip of him running over to Roberto Martinez, so... Still yeah. nothing confirmed. I mean, there's, there's people doing flight trackers and everything, showing him over London on cruise control. How they find this information, I have no idea. I think they're probably making that up. Um, moving on from Leon Osman, uh, another... Midfielder for Everton uh, has been getting interviewed this week, and that's uh, James McCarthy. He's not someone who you see a lot of interviews from, really, is he? He appears to be one of the more quieter, reserved members of the squad. Well, I think the way he's been performing, I think he's going to be one of the senior players, um, ability-wise, and you know, uh, I think he's going to have to get used to it because I think a lot more uh, media outlets are going to want to talk to him. Uh, and Jimmy Mack's been saying that he thinks you know this season. Everton will be targeting a Champions League place. That's what they've got to strive for. Uh, that's what's in his mind. And he believes that's what the rest of the squad are looking towards. Yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, Barkley said the same kind of thing in, in his um, interview when he signed the deal. Um, you know, I, I think it's got to be the aim, hasn't it? I think it was possibly the outside aim this season, this, sorry, last season. Um, you know, and we settled for Europe and it was still a good season. Um, but what else are you going to say? You're going to say, oh no, we aim to finish fifth or sixth again this season. You've got to aim for higher every single season and you know, we're saying all the right things. Um, what also came out of that interview with Jimmy Mack was, uh, you know, he was asked about the links to Man United possibly being interested in him. Um, Woodingly, he was a little bit coy on that matter. He didn't really give a definitive answer. He didn't give the whole... I'm 100% committed to Everton. I wouldn't even listen to this stupid paper talk. Um, you worried he might be subject to a bid? No. Not for a year or two at least anyway. I think Van Gaal's got bigger fish to fry, so to speak. You know, he's a, he's a manager on a world stage. I think, although McCarthy had an outstanding season for us last season, you know, he ended up with one goal in the last game. I think he'd have to really, really be, you know, like, kind of player of the year kind of quality to be on his radar 
at the moment. Think, Plus they've just signed Herrera to well, play centre midfield well, as well, haven't so. I think he's got players in mind from you know from all over the place at the moment. So, as I say, you know, I don't think I don't think Little Everton will be on his radar just yet. I was saying that tongue in cheek, of course. You know. Uh, McCarthy also stated that when he signed for Everton, he did turn down the chance to join Tottenham. Spurs were in for him. And of course, of course they were. Of course, Spurs were in for him. <laughs> they were linked with Everton. Of course they were. Of course they were. So, um, obviously, you know, career-wise, it looks like he made the right choice now, doesn't he? Because, you know... Spurs are shit and we're not. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, also, you know, how many games would you have got last season at Spurs compared to playing virtually every single game for Everton and, and obviously making a massive impact in the Premier League? Um the only other little bit of news we've got this week, uh, to be honest, is, you know, and this is going to be touching on one of the points that will probably get brought up later with our, our fan questions, uh, and that's with regards to the amount of money Everton have spent so far. Obviously, this might be very old news very soon, and we might smash our transfer budget, um, but we were just looking through, you know, a lot of tweets about Everton not really spending any money, people starting to get worried about no transfers happening, you know. Some people getting on Ken Wright's back again and giving him the old stick. Uh, so we had a look at you know the actual how much clubs have spent this season, and Everton are actually lying thirteenth at the moment on net spend. Yeah, um, funnily enough, at the bottom of the table, with the the, the least amount spent overall net um, is Southampton, seventy six million pound profit apparently. <laughs> yeah, well done Southampton. Shame you've got uh, nobody to play for you next season because yeah. they now play for uh, Liverhampton. Uh, that's not, that's, we we, don't we say would that. never use we don't that say phrase. That. No, we don't yeah. say that. Um, so you know Everton were thirteenth with a four million pound spend. That's obviously the money for the Bessage deal. Um, but when you have a look through, obviously you know. You have a look at two clubs who were rivaling us last season, Southampton and Tottenham. They were there or thereabouts around us. Tottenham haven't spent any money at all. I think, in fact, they're £1 million in profit. Uh, and as we say with Southampton, they're £76 million in profit. So, obviously, Southampton much weaker than last season. Uh, you know, Tottenham not made any advances. Uh, and then you look at ourselves and, and obviously added a couple of players. Brought in Barry, brought in Besic. Uh, and possibly now might have brought in Big wrong. Yeah, I mean, there was all that talk about the Barry deal, wasn't there? About um, it's going to cost us two point five million because we had them on loan. Did that just go into thin air, or did we have to pay for them? I don't know if it was counted as last season's budget or whatever. I'm not sure, but obviously, you know, they, they say states that we've spent four million. Um, so we'll take those figures for what they are. Um, I think if we this deal does go through today, we'll probably shoot up to about the fifth biggest spenders in the league because uh, more than Man City, more than a lot of clubs so far this this summer. There's there's just loads of people naysayers now. I'm sorry, I'm on the Twitter watch and um, people uh, saying that no, he 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 isn't on the way to Everton because he's just followed Didier Drogba on Twitter. So that's definitely put the nail in the coffin to our deal. How <laughs> how does that mean? He might be want to stay in touch with him because he's a uh, on his way elsewhere. How would remaining at Chelsea be a new chapter? Yeah, well, I don't know. It might be because he hasn't had a chance there, so possibly. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm still on Twitter watch. Um, we talked about um, in the Leicester game. We played in our new kit as the Black Watch for the first time. We did in a number of uh, decades. I'm loving that nickname. It's very Game of Thrones. I like it a lot. 
yeah, black You box. know nothing, Jon Snow. Jon Snow. <laughs> um, anyone who doesn't watch Game of Thrones will be thinking, what are these two idiots on about now? Yeah, I like the black hit. Big fan. Yeah, no, it, it does. It looks really good. It looks like we've got um, ten referees on the pitch. So just going back to another transfer room and then another one that's sort of doing around today, I might have broke today, somebody who might be taking selfies next season in a black kit, uh, and that's talk of Gerard Delafeu who's asked to come back. Has he? That, well, apparently, well, that's all over the BBC transfer website at the moment. Maybe because um, Barca players are running rings around him and they're skitting his little dog and he wants to come Maybe back. Maybe he's just scared of Suarez, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. uh, it looks like possibly, you know, that could be back on the cards again. Maybe he just likes black. I think he'll look super hot in yeah. in, a, in, a, in his new new black kit. So, um, yeah, I'll, at the moment, again, that just, could just be rumour. Um, you know, we all thought Delafeu was going to be given a season and having a little run at the Barcelona first team. Um, but maybe just with the players they brought in, uh, Ratatouk and, and obviously Suarez, Maybe he thinks he might be better served going back out again and, and Everton's his first choice destination. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see Jerry back and his little dog and his pitches in Sefton Park. Barry Lukaku and Delafeu all back next season, possibly. <laughs> Feel a bit like deja vu. Sorry, I'm still on a Twitter watch and apparently DH, which is uh, a Belgian newspaper, Le Dernier Hure. I doubt you pronounce that anywhere near right, but go on. Um, have also uh, announced or uh, tried try to confirm, you can't confirm it until we confirm it really, um, that Lukaku was joined on a five-year deal and he was on his way to finish off that signing as well. So it's Belgium newspaper. Do you think we should go to Goodison now? Where would it Take be? our microphone and try and get... Rom, Rom, Rom! Try and get a, we have a few words, Rom. interview. <laughs> get him to sign our bosoms. Yeah, that would be good. Um so, sorry, I'm, I'm going to be on the Twitter watch throughout this, so I'll be back and forth with that, um, and he'll probably sign just as we stop recording. As we were starting this new section, we thought it was quite a quiet week for news, didn't we? There wasn't really many transfer links and stuff, and obviously this Lukaku news has, has blew that out the water. Um, but that's it, I think. That's it for the news section this week. Yeah, so, I mean, we're having a bit of general talk at the moment, because, uh, you know, that's... That's all that's going on on Twitter. But we've got a little bit of a social media section coming up just after this. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. Yeah, obviously, just before we go into our social media questions that we've got from uh, people around the the web this week, I uh, just wanted to announce that we've arranged uh, our first Legends evening of this season, uh, obviously in conjunction uh, with our good mate Paul over at since1878.co.uk. Um, we're happy to announce uh, a double winning Legends evening. Uh, the event itself will commemorate the 30-year anniversary of the double winning side in 1984 and 1985, uh, obviously winning the league and, and the Cup Winners' Cup. Um, currently confirmed for the event, uh, so already signed up, is uh, Everton's most successful ever manager, Howard Kendall, uh, Everton's most successful ever goalkeeper, Neville Southall, 
Everton's most successful ever captain, Kevin Ratcliffe, uh, along with another of, uh, a number of other players. Uh, John Bailey's going to be there, Derek Manfield, uh, you know, my hero, Kevin Sheedy, uh, and also uh, the big man, Graham Shaw. Uh, more players will get added. Uh, it looks highly likely that Paul Bracewell's going to be in attendance, who, and he doesn't do a lot of these dinners. No, because we, obviously we, we saw him a few years ago in Newcastle, didn't we, where he's based now, and he's, he's got a business up, uh, up there. So for him to come over for this would be, you know, he's, he's a good talker as well, isn't he? So be good to see him over there. He's an interesting one, Brace. Um, it's going to take place. It's, a, it's still a while off, so you've got a little bit of time to get in touch and get some tickets. It's going to take place exactly 30 years to the night of the European Cup Winners' Cup victory. So it's a nice little touch, isn't it? So it's Friday the 15th of May, 2015. Uh, it's going to be held at the Sylvestrian Club, uh, which is just outside the city centre in Liverpool. So it should be fairly handy for, for anyone to get to. Um, and uh, tickets can be got from uh, £40 per person. Uh, if you book a table of 10, that price goes down to 35 quid, uh, and that includes, uh, obviously, full access to the event. Uh, you'll get a signed piece of memorabilia from one of the players, uh, and you'll also get uh, a nice Chinese banquet to fill your bellies with. Yeah, so line your stomachs while you get all the ale. Uh, if anybody wants to give us a call uh, with regards to getting tickets booked, what I will say is the event is already selling ridiculously quick. Uh, so I know it's a long way off, but I'd get your deposits in and get your name down. Uh, the phone number to call is uh, 07810560216. That's Paul's number. Uh, Paul's our mate who works in conjunction with us, so give him a bell, get your name down. Uh, and the best part of the whole night is we should be there recording a live podcast from the event. Yeah, so we'll we'll be recording our views on stuff and... Um, hoping to have a word with a few other players as well. So, should yeah. be a good night. Should be a great night. And I know it's a while away, but as you said, um, you know, tickets flying out already. So, they are, yeah. I think it, it's probably going to hold somewhere around 200. Um, so, uh, and with tables of 10 going out, you know, there's only going to be 20 or so of them. So, get your name down, come and say hello to us. Um, and, have a word with the players, and if you want, you can even ask a player a question live on the podcast. Yep. So, something to look forward to there. There's other bits and bobs Paul's got going on throughout uh, through, from the start of the season. I think he's got Neville Southall lined up on his own. I think he's got Norman Whiteside lined up. So that should be interesting, because he, uh, he's never done one of these things over here, has he, Norman Whiteside? No, uh, and obviously all the normal match day things. If anyone wants to go to any games... Uh, the you know they want a ticket they want match day hospitality uh, you know give us a bell get in touch with us on the on the, the website uh, and we'll get you sorted out and as last season uh, away travel to all games anything like that you need tickets for away games give us a shout we'll do our best to get you sorted yep so you can get in touch with all those avenues that were in the uh, little podcast ad with our links there before um, we're also on uh, YNFA these days as well which is an app dedicated to the downfall and demise of Liverpool Football Club so it's always fun to be involved with them um, just talking about social media stuff now at the moment and um, obviously we've talked a little bit about what, what Twitter going into meltdown at the moment over the Lukaku deal uh, we just want to mention something quick on that Stan Collymore 
has uh, now tweeted, uh, good luck to uh, Romelu Lukaku at Everton. Looking forward to seeing you progress in the coming seasons. To be honest, I think that's more because he hates Liverpool these days and he's starting to uh, wind he's Liverpool fans off. He's trying to wind Liverpool fans yeah. off. Right, so, okay. Uh, we, we, we haven't done a social media um, bunch of questions again because it's, everything is like a free-for-all at the moment. So the question, well, what we did put out there was it's open forum for, for you and us this week. Um, so basically, what do you want us to talk about? Uh, right, okay. The first question I've got, and this is from Joe King, is, is Raquel May flying Romelu's plane? Joe King? Joe King, yeah. I just, no, I made that one up. <laughs> I was only messing. I know. Yeah. Right. The first one uh, comes from Patrick Drum, who states, personally, I think we need two strikers, but Barkley signing the contract yesterday was a massive statement from the club. Um, that's not really a question. That's more of a statement. But I think what he's saying is, shall we talk about the possibility of getting two strikers? Well, I, I, I think he's right. I think um, if we get this deal done today, I mean, we know that the plan is to get one main, uh, one main striker. Um, and I think, you know, all the talk is that we're going to get uh, Lucina Traore back on loan. And I think, you know, he's not going to get a look in at Monaco again this season by, by the sound of things. I think, you know, I think that's a very real possibility. So they're the two strikers we're talking about, or do we need more? Well, it's it's possible. I mean, you have a look at who the strike force will be. If Lukaku does come in, you've got a strike force there of Lukaku, Kone, uh, and Naismith at the moment. Um, you would say, you know, due to Kone's sort of problems with injury, that's not going to be enough to to go through four competitions this season. Uh, if we do sign Lukaku permanently, uh, that obviously opens the door to maybe look at getting Atsu in on loan from Chelsea, uh, who's more of a wide player but can play up top. Um, but yeah, I think bringing Traore on loan and possibly you know round off, uh, you know, and give you four strikers and, and and probably give you enough to to have a go at all four competitions. In the in this day and age when it's very rare for a club to play four four two situation over two strikers, do we need four top strikers these days? I think you probably need three, uh, and then you know you've got Naismith there who. Really Morales can push up. Well, Naismith or Morales, but neither of them are out and out strikers, are they? No, no. You know, we, we spoke very early on in the podcast today about how Naismith likes to drop back even when he's playing up front. Uh, he's more of an attacking midfielder. Uh, so, you know, I, I would suggest, yeah, you probably do need three because it's all well and good saying we play one up top, but there's going to be games where you need to throw another striker on, isn't there? Or, or you want to play two. Yeah, to keep people injuries, injuries and fitness permit as well, yeah. There might be games where we want to play four three three, for instance. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, I think that probably makes sense. You know, having three out and out strikers and Naismith and Morales as a bit of cover. Yeah, uh, I've got only a couple on Twitter um, that I really want to talk about. It's just a, a funnyish, funny one from uh, Blue Dom Ash. Um, Let's talk about boycotting the Sky Sports, BT Sports, while the majority of the TV cash goes to the red site. Um, so he thinks we're getting a bum deal off those companies while... Uh, uh, I thought it was a fair... Everybody got the same share of the TV money. They probably do, but... Um, what he means by it is that Liverpool are just used on all the advert and the clip... Highlight reels. Is that what he means? Possibly. Well, to be honest, you know, we might get an equal share. Don't you get a little bit of extra money 
each time they're at the ground though you get or is it all included because Liverpool seems to be covered by at least one of those stations every week no I think you just get what you, what you're given but you can only be shown so many times in a season that's as far as I'm aware um, you know let's face it though Liverpool can be given as much money as they want because they just keep wasting it yeah. which we're happy about I mean they've just signed Origi the striker uh, £10 million for a striker who's only ever scored six career goals yeah I mean we, we used to rate him highly but like as a prospect but um, nah he's dead to us like 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 uh, Lallana before him it's a big risk though six, no, league, no, six career goals you know £10 million let's wait and see well, on that one yeah um Liam, Everton FC, Floyd, uh, how well do you think we'll do in the Europa, possibly get to the final? Um, so, it's a bit early to talk about that now. We, I mean, we'll have, we'll have a real discussion about that when we talk to our pre-season, uh, pre-season preview kind of thing. I mean, just a quick question I want to ask you, though. Go on. Where do you rank it out of the four competitions that we'll be entered into? Well, uh, winning-wise, I think it's the most winnable. Right, okay. And I think... So because it's the, the prize, most winnable the and prize, you think we won a trophy, that would be the one that you put the most... No. No, because I think it's... Uh, I don't think it's going to be treated as such. I don't... I mean, I think the initial stages, I think we're still going to rest players, we're going to play young players because of the level of competition in in, uh, in the early stages. But then once you get past that initial group stage, I think is when it kind of... It'll kind of heat up and think... You, you know that real goal of having a Champions League place at the end of it. I actually think it's the least winnable out of the lot because because of that Champions League place that, that's getting brought into play. Uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of big European teams out there in it, and who are going to have a lot more European experience than our current squad. Um, and I think you know, I think we'll have a big push on the league this year to try and get top four rather than go through the Europa League. So. Um, yeah, I think that our progress in it depends on how seriously we take the competition. I mean, do we start playing, for instance, you know, Barry McCarthy in the Europa League and, and maybe playing Gibson in the league instead? You know, that's a, it's going to depend on, on what sort of teams we put out. Uh, so, as you say, it's probably a, a little bit early at the moment to have a good guess on how far we're going to progress in that competition. Yep. Um, so... Uh, Gav Agenda says the new stadium any more news and thoughts and we can't we, can, we you know I'm not heard a, a peep in months the, the only the only time I've heard it mentioned over the past few weeks is yesterday when there was debate about what the press conference was be, would be so unfortunately we've got nothing really to discuss about that I mean the initial kind of conversations about it being in Wally Hall Park or Walton Hall Park if you're not from uh, Liverpool then um, you know that's that's as far as we know that's still up in the air, isn't it? Um, Derek Cummins, why are the media so against us? Barkley signs a four-year deal, and the first thing Talk Sports says is he is still going to leave us, but just for more money. Um, I think there's a possibility of that. I think what you've got to remember is, you know, most of the media is southern-based. We have a certain, you know, image and certain thoughts about our club. Um, and they're probably not shared by the rest of the country. Um, we, you know, have our finger on the pulse a little bit more. And I'm not talking about me and you, because we don't have our finger on the pulse at all. I mean, Everton fans in general, 
we know what the vibe is around the club. We know what the you know exactly what the spirit's like. We know what players we can keep hold of, and, and probably realistically, the players we can't keep hold of. Um, I don't think that is shared by the likes of you know your average talk sport reporter, for instance. I must admit, it doesn't help when you know the likes of Andy Gray are coming out and say who should know what goes on at Everton and are saying things like he doesn't. He's surprised that a big club hasn't come in for Lukaku rather than Everton. Yeah, I mean, but that's because he's had the years of Sky TV beating him down, and then you know, you know, he, he's kind of bought into that media vibe. So it, it, it's a shame to see that. Um, I don't think a current kind, a current Everton legend, or you know, a, 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 a near kind of recent Everton legend would leave the club and uh, say things like that because you know how big the club is. They still, and, and you know, the, the club still is a big club. Um, we might not be able to compete wage-wise with uh, the bigger clubs, but we're still there, aren't we? I actually quite like the idea, though, that you know we, we don't always get the props no, I, in the I, media. I, because I like it. I like it. We'll just prove them wrong. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you know, sometimes we, it works against us when pe- when these people start take, take, uh, taking notice of us. Uh, I, I feel it. Uh, you know, the likes of the Rooney thing, uh, many, like many, you know, it's over ten years ago now, isn't it? But when people started to notice Rooney, you know, that's when he was off. It's like Barkley. I think Barkley's like on the world stage now already. And I'm hoping that doesn't and work. And he's now so. signed a contract after that, though, which wasn't, which is a further along the line than we got with Rooney, for instance. So, you know. Yeah. So Who cares? Who cares what journalists and podcast hosts think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul Jimenez. Um, has got a question which, I, again, I think is a little bit premature for us. Where will we finish this season? Predictions for the season, finish higher or lower? Should we have an initial answer or should we wait until... As it stands at the moment... As it stands, yeah. Without, without signing Lukaku, Le- I think we would finish slightly lower than last season. I think I think still there or thereabouts, but I can't see us... Um, you know, we had Lukaku last season to score goals. If we haven't at the moment, as it stands, and we haven't got a striker at the moment, this will change when we do our season preview. Ask me this question again next week. Yeah, uh, Mike Leach, what's going to be the best formation now that we have Besic? Same, same formation. I agree. I think it's going to be you Four, know, five, pretty one. much the same as last season, uh, and there'll just be more rotation and more. We'll have more opportunity to be able to to rest players. Uh, and obviously building a squad for going into further competitions. Um, obviously, a lot of the talk this week was like, you know, and, and it was predicted, a lot was like, um, why aren't we signing players? So a few people have said about that. And um, uh, my mate Dave Kibbard um, and Lee Griggs, um, I've said, I've discussed that. Um, and Lee Griggs said that we're not signing many players because the majority of our budget is going to go on Lukaku. Um, so as soon as Lukaku's future is resolved with whoever he chooses then you'll see Martinez make some moves for the second choice players he has on his list but until Lukaku is sold or resolved I suppose you can probably expect a waiting game and I think that is that's that's nailed it hasn't it because it makes a lot of sense and I agree 100% with that you know obviously he was our prime transfer target over the summer he's been on his two holidays it's going to it's going to blow the majority of our budget so get that deal done first see what we've got or left. not or not, see what we've got left to play with afterwards. 
uh, and then working around that because obviously you know as, as I mentioned before you sign Lukaku on a permanent deal and then that obviously gives you the chance maybe to go and loan a player from Chelsea uh, so let's see what happens I think uh, I, I'm pretty certain we're going to have a lot more clarification by next week's podcast yeah, I think we'll be in a much better situation um, team-wise and, you know, looking season 17 days away, as we said before, I think it would be in our best interests. Although we normally leave it late, I think it would be in our best interest to have a solid setup, a solid lineup in place for the first game. Um, and uh, that just takes us to uh, a little bit of a look ahead at the Porto game coming up the weekend for Leon Osman's testimonial. Um, so, thoughts on the lineup, Mark? What do you what do you reckon? I think now is the time to start going with a more of a settled lineup. You know, I think pretty much everyone will be back now. Uh, you know, everyone's back in training. All the players that went to World Cup. Uh, you know, we're getting to a fortnight before the start of the season, uh, so you want to start. You know, getting your main players back in and playing. At least an hour, I would say, rather than you know, having full sort of turn around to half time. Um, so I would expect to see, you know, I'd expect to see probably tomorrow play. I'd expect to see Leighton Baines back in the starting lineup. Um, you might not get a full game these players. No, maybe not get a full game. Obviously, Garbutt's been doing well, so you know, bring him in. But I would, I would like to see a team that's you know, eighty, ninety percent. Of what you would hope to start with against Leicester on the first game of the season, Do you, you think know, it's still a might... bit too early for that. Well, there isn't that many games left now, is there? And we are only two weeks away from the start of the season. It's the only time for these players to play at Goodison together. Uh, I think you know there might be a few variations. You know, Bessich is in line for his debut. I think more than likely he'll start the game. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, as you said, like Barkley's going to have a run out. Uh, Forgotten man here, Jags. Is Jags going to get a go? Is Morales going to get a go? Is Morales back? As far as I'm aware, everybody's back now. Um, they can't. They can't not be back at the moment with the season starting in two weeks. It's it's still too early for Kone. Too early for Kone. Too early for Oviedo. They're two players who are both out, probably looking at coming back. Sort of, you know, the end of September maybe. Um, so the the only real question mark is, you know, who will we play up front? Yeah. Well, Greg O'Keefe. Um, who's like a you know was a renowned Liverpool reporter, you know got strong links, has uh, confirmed that Lukaku will be coming. So maybe he might get a run out up front. He's saying that it's it's confirmed now, is it? Apparently so. Right. Okay. <laughs> the plot thickens. It's this is you know what my heart's going here. It, it, it's not just because it's Lukaku. It, when we have to stop for a minute before, you know, um, it's it's going to be the biggest deal in our history. I think whoever we sign might be, mightn't it? So it's. You know, as I said, my heart's racing just doing this podcast, thinking about it. So, um, I, 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 well, in that I, case, yeah, then we'll play Lukaku up front on, on Sunday. You know, I, I completely and the agree. place will sell out. Completely agree with you about the, the lineup. I think you know, obviously, Barkley's going to come in, um, uh, and Bessich is going to kind of run out, and it'd be good to see him make his first crunching challenge. I think a lot of Evertonians are looking forward to that first, like you know, tough man kind of. You know, bit of play. I hope he's not a jag. I just hope it's not one of these one of these type of events where he feels he's got to do that sort of thing, and then he flies into something reckless and, and injures himself. Yeah, injures himself. No, we don't want that. Just a gazer. Yeah. Um, so it should be a good uh, should be a good event, though. I mean, I, I, you know, 
Osman has had as critics over the years. I still think he's got a lot to offer Everton. Maybe not um, every game, but you know he can come on and change a game as we you know we saw a few times last season. And I will be there to you know pay tribute to him. And also, I can't wait to see us back at Goodison. I think you'll see Ozzy get a fair chunk of the game. I think you see Hibbert get a fair chunk of the game. Will well, we see Duncan Ferguson? Well, the initial talk was Duncan Ferguson and Tim Cale coming back for this game. I don't know. I think it's just too... We don't really do that type of gimmicky thing anymore. Who would you rather see play 10 minutes, Duncan Ferguson or Tim Cale? Do you know what? I'm sort of, at the minute, drifting towards Tim Cale just because... Five more years of opportunities to see Tim Cale. Dunk is what? About 41, 42 now. Do you think you'll get many more opportunities to see him? Would it would it be a bit disrespectful to Porto to play Duncan Ferguson though? No, <laughs> I think it might be a little bit harsh on their centre backs. Like <laughs> um, the other question is, Osman and Hibbo are best mates apparently, or you know mates, you know for all the time they've been at the club. Will we see Hibbo get a go up front, or is that still too gimmicky? What are we talking a Hibbo and Duncan Ferguson's? Oh, I imagine, imagine centre forward partnership. Um, no, I think that's probably a bit too gimmicky. Um, although Os- penalties, Osman might insist on Hibbo taking a free kick, maybe. But uh, yeah, I say it should be a good day. Uh, obviously, you know Porto, massive side, great pedigree, big European team, going to be coming with some good players, um, and it'll be a really good test for Everton, won't it? You know, in a in a season where we're playing in the Europa League, these are the type of clubs that we're going to come up against uh, in the latter stages. So. So obviously it'll be a good good test of, of what we're all about uh, and should be a good day. Yeah, can't wait. Um, so that pretty much wraps us up for the podcast. We tried to uh, bring you the uh, the buzz of this Lukaku on-off kind of saga. Um, whether it, you know, by the time this is out, we'll probably know one way or the other if it was uh, Everton he was heading to or not. So. If it happens in the next hour, I'm going to tag a little bit on the end, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, if we sign him within the next hour or so before we have to, you know, mix the podcast down and, and get it uploaded to iTunes and the like, um, then Johnny will be back on, on his own. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Dancing around his Liverpool, with his Liverpool. Oof. His, what was that about? His living room, even. Uh, with with his probably with, I'll probably be dancing around Liverpool as yeah, well because I'll probably be on the piss later. Get out tonight, singing Duncan had a pigeon. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed, Blues. Uh, and if it doesn't break today, um, then we'll talk more about it on next week's podcast. Yeah, thanks for listening, everywhere, Blues. I won't give you the rundown this week because uh, my heart can't handle it. Catch you next week. As you've just hinted at there, that might not have been the end of the show, and. Um, it's not because the news that has been filtering through all week and the speculation that has really like uh, you know grown and grown and grown all day uh, well it's finally come up with a result and we have actually signed Romelu Lukaku on a five year deal uh, we've just been sat like thousands of Evertonians all around the world probably uh, glued to Everton TV refreshing the page waiting for it to start after it was delayed for like well over an hour uh, an hour and a half more like and Everton have delivered 
I, I just can't believe it. Just I've just recorded the press conference anyway, so I'm going to play that. Apologies for the sound quality. There was a lot of mobile interference at the conference and probably from my end as well, but you get the gist of it. Uh, it's a big honor to play again uh, in such a wonderful club uh, with uh, the manager and the players obviously uh, last year was a very good year and I had a feeling like after a short period of time I had a feeling that uh, it was for me the best play to grow and to develop as a young man and as a footballer so uh, I'm very pleased to be here again and uh, help my teammates to, to reach uh, the heights and how important and influential has uh, Roberto been in, in this deal? Very influential. Uh, like I said, uh, he's, he's someone that knows football very, like uh, very good. He's someone where, where I can develop under as a player. He makes us better as a team. He lets us play good football, and that's something that I need as a as a young footballer. I want to develop. I want to become one of the best and he wants to make our team one of the best teams in England so for me it was a great challenge to play under him and uh, you know he challenged me personally as well so those are good things for me as well. Has it been a hard decision Roberto says there's been a lot to negotiate has it been hard in, in that respect for, for you? Not hard for me I think uh, I told him like very quickly that I want to work under him and I played this club again very very quickly and the, the rest was just settled by the board and I want to thank them as well for, for the trust in me and by my agent as well. They did very good stuff. Now I'm here again and I want to help my teammates to, to become a better team. Was there ever a, a doubt in your mind that you wanted to, to get away from Chelsea once Diego Costa came in and did he a drug return? For me it was like very quick. I decided myself very quickly that I wanted to come back here because uh, it was a good step. For me, I'm 21 years of age. I need to play at a high level. I need to play in a good team. I don't say that Chelsea is not a good team, but I, I, I needed to to be in a place where I felt I felt where it felt right. And here I, I have the confidence of the whole technical staff, I have the, the trust of the supporters as well. I can grow, I can develop, and uh, it's all like all good things for me to, to become a better player as well. Does, does it almost feel like you belong here? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I came back because I had the feeling I have a very good relationship with the players and with the, with the staff, with everybody that's involved with this football club. So for me, it's, this is a place where I belong, and here, here I want to grow, like I said, I want to grow here. I want to become a better player, and I want to help my teammates. Have you seen any of the lads yet? No, but I've been in touch with all of the lads like for two months, so they know they knew the situation perfectly. What about a message for the fans? Because from the Everton Football Club perspective, this is almost a statement of intent as far as the club are concerned. Yeah, we want to become one of the best teams in England. We want to, to, to reach the top four. Last year we were that we were very close. Now we want to push on again. I think uh, most of the teams know that we are a good footballing side, but now this is the second year and I think uh, that the manager wants to put a statement in this league and we as players as well. And this time you can play against Chelsea. Have you seen the fixtures? Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know, I don't have hard, hard feelings against Chelsea Football Club. You know, they gave me the opportunity to come to England. They gave me uh, like uh, like high hopes of playing uh, in European football. I could watch the players train. I trained with world class players. I worked on world class managers. And you know, without them, I wouldn't be here. So I want to thank them as well.
and you'll be aware of the news from yesterday with Ross Barkley coming in as well. Well, not coming in, but signing an extension to his contract, which is great news to keep players like that at the club. Of course, yeah, I knew that before. Like uh, for me to play with Ross, it's a wonderful opportunity. Uh, Ross is one uh, is maybe the brightest young English player in the game. So to play with him again and to grow with him at the at this club is fantastic. Um, were you due to return back to Chelsea today with the, the international players? Yeah. So I was just wondering because it seemed to have developed so quickly. When were you aware that you were going to be coming here? Uh, yesterday evening. <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Um, um, it was just that when we spoke to. Roberto, yesterday you didn't give too much away because you've managed the, the fans' expectations. But every time he was saying that you were mentioned, it just shows how good this loan system is, and obviously it's been beneficial for you as well. Of course, of course. Uh, you know, I played for two wonderful. Uh, like I played for West Brom, where I've learned a lot under Steve Clark. And when I arrived here, I, I learned uh, other things of the game: how to play in possession, how to uh, develop my movements, my back to goal play, I developed like the things that you think that you become a world class striker and uh, you know the expectations for myself are very high but when you have a manager that wants to push you and wants to push the team to become one of the best in this country it's the perfect environment for a young player to grow so that's why I knew like I had to come back very quickly Did you know on the last game of the season that you would have an inkling, an idea a feeling that you would be back here? Yeah, honestly yeah yeah, and did you expect it to happen as quickly as it has done, or did you think it might just drag out this move? You know, I think uh, the board and my agent did very good stuff, and Chelsea worked with us as well. So I think they 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 made it. Uh, they did the very good stuff to get me here as quickly as possible because now I can have a bit of preseason with the players. I can uh, work even better, and you know. It will not be as last year where I came in after three games can start the league with the team, so that's very important as well. And just finally for me, were you determined not to have another loan move? Did you want to have a permanent move so you can actually get your career on track and you know where you're going to be? Yes, of course. I'm 21. It's time to have a stable career as well, so I think it was important to, 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 to be somewhere where you are there and you are there to win titles and to help your teammates win games and stuff like that, so now I'm here, so now it's not, I don't have doubts at the end of the season, okay, so it's good. Romelu, you've got a really impressive goal-scoring record in the Premier League already, how much do you think personally you can improve in the coming years? I think I can improve in every aspect of the game, um, you know, the goal-scoring record, like says a lot, but in the footballing aspect, if I want to to win titles, I need to get better in everything. I want to help my teammates as much as I can, also by by providing them of goals, by by helping them in a defensive way, by being offensively being more efficient than I am at this moment. You know, as a young player, you you always need to improve yourself every day, and and be ambitious. And you know, here it's a it's a good environment to, to develop as a young player. We have a lot of young players in the team that want to work hard. We have a manager that's ambitious. You have a few experienced English internationals and internationals for, of other countries, so the level is very high. So for me, it's, it's it's easy. I want to, I just want to improve and you know get get better year after year.